one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are grateful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Dr. John White, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Thanks for having me. It's, I'm looking forward to our chat. I am as well. And I think with, you know, I, I mentioned to you before we started recording that my, my dad has Parkinson's and we recently got him some caregivers to help with responsibilities around the house, many of which are Filipino and many of them uh, have family members or even themselves are dealing with type 2 diabetes and they're blaming rice. And I think there's a ton of people that are listening to this episode that either themselves uh, are dealing with pre-diabetes, elevated blood sugar, uh, insulin insensitivity, some what, what Dr. Mark Hyman calls uh, diabetes, or some variation thereof, or at least have a loved one who is. And I'm, I'm excited because I believe our conversation is going to be very helpful in that regard. Well, you know, 34 million people, 10% of the population has diabetes. About another 40% have pre-diabetes. So they're not quite at that diabetes threshold, but they're also not at normal. Gives them something so, to shoot for. So it's a real problem. And, and we'll talk about rice and there is a role for food. But when we talk about type 2 diabetes, 90%, 90 is related to obesity. That's the bad news. The good news is that there are things you can do to lower your risk, to manage your blood sugar better. And food does play a key role. It's not the only role, but but does play an important one. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. And 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 one of the things that a lot of people don't get into is mindset, which, which maybe if we have time on the back end, we can discuss because I think that that mindset and it... it, it dovetails into the food we put in our body. It dovetails into the discipline to show up and move our body in a way that, that, you know, prevents a lot of these chronic degenerative illnesses like diabetes. But before we kind of get into the, the meat and potatoes of our conversation, mm -hmm. maybe yeah, for, for our listeners who aren't as familiar with your work, you could give us a little bit of uh, your background or origin story. Well, I'm the chief medical officer at WebMD. Hopefully folks know WebMD. About two-thirds of the population uses WebMD on a monthly basis to, to out find here. out those symptoms that you're having. You're one of the most trusted brands in health. I'm, I'm very proud of the work that we do at WebMD as well as Medscape, which is the physician portal. I'm an internist, which means I only treat adults. I still see patients about one day a week in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. I've been in D.C. for about 20 years. I'm very interested in health policy. And in many ways, the management of diabetes is a policy issue as well as a clinical issue. Uh, I'm a dad of, of two young boys. So uh, life is very good. I'm, I'm happy where things are. And, and really my goal is, you know, the motto of WebMD is better information leads to better health. And, and that's really my goal, whether it's my individual work with patients one-on-one -on -one, or whether it's population of patients or the general public, I want to make sure people get the best information, the most credible information. And, and to your point, how do we empower people to take control of what they can. You know, in many ways, people think, you know, various diseases are like a fait accompli, like I'm, it's by fate or it's by luck or bad luck. And the reality is that many health conditions in this century are really, you know, caused by lifestyle issues, by many of the successes that we've had, you know, post-industrial revolution. I say that because my older son is studying the Industrial Revolution. I haven't used that term in a long time. Is he also that, studying Latin? I studied it. I'm not sure if it really oh, helped nice. me I was gonna say, over, Dr. over time. Dr. John White's Latin is better than mine. But, but that's the point. We're, we're not pre-programmed. Most diseases aren't genetic. But even when there is genetic predisposition, th that doesn't result in everything. There, there's yeah. a lot you can do. Totally. I'm, I'm gravitating more and more towards the belief that everything, everything health-wise is fixable. 
And perhaps we don't have all the data points and all the tools yet, but fast forward 50 or 100 years, and and I do believe we will. Absolutely. You know, there are some genetic diseases that we're born oh, with, these inborn yeah. errors of, of metabolism. But there when we talk some, about yeah. how, how do we hack our health? How do we mm-hmm. improve it? Part of the problem, I think, is, you know, when we're young, we don't think about anything relating to our health. And it's often the long-term results of behaviors that we start early on in our youth. And we mm-hmm. don't think about our health issues till it's too late. And here's an example. So at least once every other month, you know, I say to a patient, hey, if you were able to lose about 10 to 15 pounds, only 10 to 15 pounds, you probably could come off your medications for diabetes, or at least mm-hmm. we could decrease them. And, and patients will say to me, you know, Dr. White, and I'm using their words, they'll say something like, I've been fat for 10 years. I, some will say I was born fat and they'll be like, mm-hmm. I've only had diabetes for two. So I, I don't think they're related. Or they'll say, I know. I know someone else who's much heavier than I, and they don't. <laughs> and we don't associate or, or, or I love runners, but running can be tough on the body. Hopefully I won't mm-hmm. get a lot of negative comments from this. And runners will come in and they'll, they'll have knee pain and shin splints and they'll be like, you know, I need medication. I need an x-ray. What do you think's going on? I'll be like, it's probably due to your running. You need to decrease your running. They'll be like, I've been running for years. I've only had this knee pain for two weeks. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think And what I'm trying to point out, it's that cumulative result, right? What you've been doing for many years that are eventually going to manifest itself or take toll. And we don't often think about it that way when it comes to health. A hundred percent. I was having a very honest and, and candid conversation with a client who just started a guy who's uh 400 plus pounds and amazing guy. Hilarious. Reminds me a little bit of like Chris Farley. If you ever watched Saturday Night <laughs> sure, Live sure. Mm-hmm. back in the day. And we were talking about how both of us, when we were younger, sort of shared this like live, live, live fast and die young mentality. And we, you know, it was just like, we wanted to get as much fun and as much life experience and as, as much, you know, everything into uh, uh, as short a time as possible, even if it came at the expense of our health. And then you, you find yourself looking around one day and you're like, well, I'm still alive. And I got, you know, my, my body hurts a little bit, but I kind of need to make some changes. And, and then you got to kind of start peeling the layers of the onion of all of the psychological and emotional things that you've created living that way for so long that have been manifested in pain or inflammation or excess body fat. You know, it's not just a, a simple matter of, well, follow one of the 10,000 diets out there and uh, drink a gallon of water a day and you're going to be good. You know what I mean? You know, I find it, and I'd be interested in what you hear too, is sometimes there's this belief that if I have to introduce lifestyle, you know, into my behavior, healthy life, like healthy isn't happy. It isn't fun. Like it's going right. to be a drag. Even, you know, I was impressed when you said prior to the show, like, oh, I got some exercise and I thought, good for you. And I did think to myself, why haven't I done that <laughs> yet? But, but we think about, oh, I almost I wanna... missed it. I almost <laughs> missed it. So <laughs> feel so bad. Yeah, no, <laughs> But you made it a priority. Mm-hmm. And for you, it wasn't something that you had to do. It's something that you enjoy. It's something that's fun. And in many ways, we have to change that mindset that you refer to, that these healthy behaviors are fun and that they can be enjoyable. And it's not as if you can never eat ice cream while trying to live a healthy lifestyle. It's you just can't do it every day. And you can find other behaviors. If you don't like to go to the gym, you don't have to go to the gym. But how do we find an alternative to be active? And that's where we don't give people good enough advice or information. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes to it. And the medical community is, is bad in this regard. It's easier to just prescribe you a pill mm-hmm. than it is to talk about what do you need to do in terms of healthy eating, totally. physical activity, sleep, stress. It's, you know, I, I don't have that kind of time during the clinic visit. It's easier I, to I agree. start metformin and I'll, I'll see you in, in a month. I, you know, I'm on metformin, not because of diabetes, but for longevity purposes. Mm-hmm. I've taken berberine for years, and then I, I recently restarted metformin extended release. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I, I completely agree with you. Like one of my clients recommended this book called Running with the Whole Body mm-hmm. by, I think it's Jack Hagee. And I might be mispronouncing mispronoun- his last name, but the title's correct. And 
it's some simple exercises and ways of moving your body to get the body running as like one integrated uh, machine, you know, rather than having your legs doing this and your arms are frozen or you're not turning. And it has reinvigorated my excitement for running. I'm finding running to be almost therapeutic and healing and even walking too. I used to walk for long periods. I'd be like, I'm going to get 10,000. I'm going to get 15,000, 20,000 steps today, whatever. And at the end of the day, I'd be like, dang, my back hurts. Or like my knee hurts. Or like this old injury I had has come back. When I started applying the principles in this running with the whole body book, I started noticing, oh yeah, this is what people talk about when they say walking is healing and the best form of exercise. I was doing it wrong. Or I had all these biomechanical imbalances. And like, I'll go on a, a jog, nothing crazy, but now I'm like, I interviewed an 86 year old guy yesterday who, who does all this pool workouts. And he's like, I'm over the concrete. It's too hard on the body. You know? And I was like, it, it's a good point. Like, how do I glide across the, the, the earth rather than have all of this unnecessary up and down vertical motion that, that does have an impact on our knees and our, our hips and everything. And in allowing myself to be a little bit gentler with my body, making that intentional and then kind of consciously, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still at that conscious competence phase with the running with the whole body, but I'm loving it right now. So I just wanted to mention that for, for our listeners because enjoyment is key. And if, if, if it hurts, you ain't going to enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. If you don't like running, then don't run. And I've had patients say to me, but I heard it was good or I should be doing it. And I'll be like, there's mm -hmm. 10 other things yeah. that you could try and find what you like. It's instead of saying, you know, I, I hate to exercise. I want people to change it to, I love to exercise, but it's mm -hmm. finding what that is for you and mm -hmm. not what you think you need to do because others told you that, but what your body's going to enjoy. Totally. I'm, I'm going to ask you in just a moment about diabetes and where you, where you think these rapidly rising rates are coming from. So I'm just planting that seed. Um, just a funny story. Mickey Singer started WebMD, right? The, the guy who wrote The Untethered Soul? It really, I think, historically was this guy, Jeff Arnold. Okay. Uh, and there's been some amalgamations of other companies in the past, but WebMD has been around for about 25 years. Yeah, so it's, I might have I might have been given bad information. Mm -hmm. I, I was told it was the guy that started that wrote the Untethered Soul, and I went to uh, I went to this place like near Gainesville, the the Temple of the Universe, and got to meet him. But I wasn't like, hey, yeah. you started WebMD, right? You know, it's, so it just, really was Jeff Brown. That's why you got to be careful what you read on the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I may not have all the details, but in general, yeah, you got to watch out for that for sure. Okay, well, next question. Moving along. So if we were to look at diabetes from a perspective of what are the drivers, of course, we know food is involved, but I'm, I'm looking for the variables that have changed in proportion to how rapidly the uh, incidence of diabetes have increased. What's on your radar there? You know, is it, is it, are we dealing with gly a glyphosate problem that's screwing up the gut microbiome and then people aren't processing carbs or what? Have you spent any time reflecting on that? Sure. And remember, in type 1 diabetes, that's insulin deficiency. So mm -hmm. your pancreas isn't making enough insulin. That usually presents early in life. There are some variants that, you know, can present later. But in general, people that are insulin deficiency, we see that early on in adulthood and they need uh, insulin to survive. In type 2 diabetes, it's insulin resistant. Mm -hmm. So our cells are becoming, you know, unresponsive to the insulin that's produced. So we're unable to get that glucose into our cells. Uh, and then, you know, our blood sugar rises, and then we develop, you know, these problems. So I think it comes down to what's causing this insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. So we know there is the part of excess body weight. And remember, um, Fat is metabolically active. People forget about that. So if you have what we call in medicine, central adiposity, a lot of weight around your abdomen, that's mm. secreting hormones. Hormones that, that, that pear shape. 
Absolutely. Or apple shape or, you know, whatever for men versus women. But in general, that's secreting hormones, excess cortisol, you know, orexin, ghrelin, leptin that are all involved in hunger in terms of how we process. So there's one element there in terms of obesity and metabolically active fat. It's just not, you know, extra skin. And then I think it, there is a relationship to the gut. And, and, and five years ago, we really didn't think about that. But the role of the microbiome and what we see is abnormal cellular behavior in, in terms of those persons with gut that typically have harmful bacteria that we're trying to minimize. So there's certainly a role of the gut. But a lot of it is going to be relating to obesity. And then that relates to, well, why do we have such obesity? You know, there's a lot of, in terms of ultra processed foods, it's just not processed foods, but it's, you know, ultra processed. Yeah, those like hyper, hyper palatable Franken foods. That's right. (laughs) It's the role of stress. And if you asked people years ago, especially in the medical community, they poo pooed the mind body connection, even though we've known about it for thousands of years. And what I tell people, there's no physical health without mental health. There really isn't. And and a lot of doctors don't acknowledge that. So when you're suffering- Which is wild. Yeah. When you're suffering from depression, there's an impact on on diabetes. We know that in terms of blood sugar control. If you're chronically stressed, think about how that impacts your work performance, how that impacts your parenting. You're not on your A game. You're not feeling well. You're making mistakes. What do you think's happening at a cellular level? Why would it just be, you know, in terms of our thinking? It's also how our cells operate. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to acknowledge that role. Food plays a key role. We, you know, we briefly touched upon that, but it's not just food. It's these other elements as well that we have to recognize and address. Yeah, I totally agree. Have, have you looked at all into the role of, of electricity, but more in, in specifically EMFs, uh, uh, electromagnetic fields, the stuff that's coming out of all of our wireless devices and the impact that that has on blood sugar, inflammation, uh, insulin secretion, etc. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know about that. There's been a lot of work in terms of the relationship to cancers, brain cancer, mm-hmm. yeah. others, and, and there's been, you know, primarily mixed results. Most of it has been that um, we don't think there's a relationship. You know, I don't know as much in terms of, our, you know, our blood sugar. The, the work that I primarily have focused on has been its relationship to obesity. I think it always goes down to also, you know, there can be correlations, right? So we see a directionality, but then it relates to, well, does this biologically make sense? You know, is it plausible? Mm-hmm. So I don't know enough about, you know, EMF. I know in terms of excess fat, it's, as we talked about, these hormonally active, um, you know, chemicals that are in the wrong direction, something like leptin and ghrelin mm-hmm. that you may know. One makes you feel full, the other ones make you hungry. We know for certain people that they're mixed up. So, so instead of sending a signal that you're full, it sends a signal to your brain that you're still hungry. Mm-hmm. So you're overeating. That's what's been fascinating in our knowledge in the last few years about the impact of different hormones. And then it goes to your point, where are these hormonal disruptors in terms mm-hmm. that are impacting you know, how our, our different organs release various hormones? So many with, with plastics and pesticides and, and phytoestrogens and things like that. It's wild. Okay, so this is, this is really good. If, if we were going to start making our way towards the stopping and or reversing of diabetes... What, what do you think is the big domino? Well, what I would first say about reversing diabetes is we never thought you could reverse type 2 diabetes because what we would see is by the time that you present it and your blood sugar is out of control, that you burnt out 50% of your beta cells, those cells in the pancreas that produce insulin. And we thought that once they're burned out, they're dead, they're gone, they don't function anymore. So if that's the case, you're never going to reverse it. But what we've learned over the last five to 10 years is if you're not able to regenerate them, you may be able to regain function. And that's critically important as we try to reverse type 2 diabetes or reverse prediabetes. 
You know, sometimes I say, well, let's think about it as remission, right? At least put it at bay, like we talk about in cancer. And, and the reason why I point this out is we want to empower people. We want to give them hope. We want to know that if you do things and you do them early on, you often can reverse the process or at least delay the progression. But the point is, what we've seen in data is you often have to do that within the first few years of diagnosis, right? Because you want to prevent that progression. Diabetes is a progressive disease, just like heart disease, meaning it gets worse over time if you don't do anything about it. And so then you probably see a decreased probability that they're going to do anything about it over time. If they haven't done anything in the first 10 years or 20 years, they're probably not going to all of a sudden start doing something, you know? See, but I also think there's a self-fulfilling prophecy with that too. Mm-hmm. That when we see people and think, oh, you're not going to make any changes. So why even bother? Instead right. of saying to them, hey, what the studies have shown, diabetes prevention programs, some others, about 7% of weight loss. For many people, that might just be 15 to 20 pounds. You know, for others more. Get off all medications. Mm-hmm. Right? But then we don't give them the tools. What do we say? You need to lose weight. You need to eat healthy. You need to go to the gym. That is primarily what people say, right? We don't tell them. Here's the meal plan to consider following. Here's the exercise plan that you could do. Here's how you manage stress. Let's give them the digital tools. You know what I find frustrating? In order to get certain medications or in order to get continuous glucose monitoring, your blood sugar has to be out of control. (laughs) You'd be doing poorly. Why yeah. aren't we intervening earlier and saying, this is what you need to do to live a healthy lifestyle. This is what you need to do in terms of getting your blood sugar under control. Sometimes people forget, oh, and they'll say, I have a touch of sugar. That doesn't sound so bad. Well, it is bad. Diabetes is the number one cause of blindness in the United States. It's diabetic retinopathy. It's one of the top causes of renal failure going on dialysis and transplants. I was told as a kid it was masturbation. Well, there's a lot of things we were told as kids. In terms of neuropathies, I see so many patients that their fingers and feet are numb and tingling and painful. And often when it gets to that point, it's very hard to treat and very hard to reverse. Nobody wants those aspects and complications of diabetes, but we don't spend enough time empowering people, what do you need to do? How do you take control of your diabetes risk? And and that's where I feel we're missing a mark. And I think it's important for people to to truly understand why. Like, what is it that's, that's, you know, what is it that they're they're creating in their life Mm -hmm. that would make these changes worth it? What are the things that they're missing out on? You know, and really having like a, having a why that's going to fuel the dietary lifestyle exercise changes that are going to allow for this to take place. Um, I think that's often absent and ignored. Sure. And and people will say to me, food's important to me. So Mm -hmm. I like, I like cookies. Congratulations. You're a human. And I say, that doesn't mean that you can never have them, Yeah, but food is also an acquired taste. You Mm -hmm. know, to some degree, you're not pre-programmed to like ice cream. There's lots of things you can enjoy. And it's interesting because as parents, we would never say to our kids after one or two times, like, oh, okay, like, all right, you don't have to eat it. Like, we should be trying multiple times. I had a patient several months to me, and I was trying to talk to her about how you could lose weight by changing your fluids, what you drink. I was like, well, what about this? What about, she actually Mm, said to me, I don't, she said, I don't like water. (laughs) Come on, like, think how many calories. You could lose. By, she was oh, drinking yeah. soda. She was, just, and she's like, "What about diet? What diet?" So I was like, "What about water?" I'm like, "What about flavored water?" She's like, "I don't like water." You know, I, I've got her to at least try. At least she's telling me she's trying. But, but the point is, you can make those differences. I went through that. I drank soda. I switched to diet soda, and then I switched to sparkling water and regular water. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's great yeah. for your teeth. It's great it wasn't for the overnight. Aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I'm missing out now. And maybe once every six months, you know, I'll have a soda, but I, I, I'm not missing it now. Sure. When I first started, I was like, oh, but now I'm like, you know what? I think I actually feel better because of that, but that takes work and effort and 
it's, it's just about encouraging people and helping them, you know, think through that. It was the same thing with milk. For a long time, I drank whole milk. Then I switched to 2%. I was like, this is like water. And now it's like water the other day. I'm like, I'm like, what am I doing? Drinking cream? If I go back to whole milk. So you're you're not pre-programmed. You can learn new habits. You can still enjoy food. It's back to that idea that if you eat healthy, that somehow you're going to miss out. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to enjoy food. You're not going to enjoy life. And, and that's not true. It's the same thing with activity that somehow you're going to have to devote all this time every day to, to exercise. And, and that's not the case either. It's about moving and, and being active and doing that consistently over time. And we all overestimate what we do. And, um, like everyone else, I gained weight during the pandemic and, uh, you know, we can see each other in video. I got this Fitbit partly because I wanted to see like how many steps was I actually moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first few weeks it was like, you know, I thought maybe I'm like at 8,000 steps. We all overestimated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was at like 2,300. And I was like, this is crazy. And, and <laughs> I think it's broken. Yeah. Oh, you know, I did. I said to my wife, oh, well, you're supposed to have it on your non-dominant arm. And I don't. <laughs> so I switched it. To my other hand, as no different, no different. It's worth, it's worth a shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These I just spilled my water everywhere, laughing. <laughs> have to be off. Yeah. But the but the point was, I got feedback on what I was doing, mm-hmm. and now you know I try to be more active. Like I know I'm not going to be at ten thousand steps a day, but I'm not. I shouldn't be at two thousand steps either. And and that's where we have to make changes. What's up, guys? It's Anthony here, and I interrupt this broadcast because I just opened up the coolest package. It was uh, it was one of the first packages that arrived at our PO box, and it included a bottle of uh, CBD infused hydrating body lotion from it looks like American Shaman is the company and I haven't tried it yet, so I can't necessarily vouch for it, but it looks pretty dope. Uh, A Liberty lives sticker, a whole bunch of USA stickers and uh, red, white, and blue and home of the brave and that sort of thing. A $75 gift card to Lowe's, which is pretty awesome. And a little note, cheers to making your own furniture. And then I've got a cool, uh, envelope with a letter here that I haven't opened, but I will open on the air. And uh, if if it's cool with the author, um, share it with you guys. And you know, if, it, if there's a question or two on there that I could help with, be happy to do that. So um, I love this. I absolutely love getting stuff in the mail, and uh, with all the digital censorship and everything that's been going on. It's it's a great way for us to be able to stay in touch and open those lines of communication. And just being real with you guys, I've been putting a ton of my resources into our North Carolina property. We had to buy an excavator. We have put in over a mile of roads into mountains at 3,500 feet that are filled with like thick, almost rainforest uh, topography. And now we're kind of getting to the point where I could build a home and I don't, I don't have a, you know, a couple million dollars in the bank, but I'm, you know, I'm comfortable. I live good. I have everything I need and I'm super, super blessed. Um, but if you guys feel compelled to contribute, if you feel that there has been a contribution to the value that you have received from the Biohacking Secrets Show, the Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus, our coaching program, anything that we've put out there, some of our videos, whatever it is, if it's uplifted your life physically, mentally, spiritually, and you feel that the value that you have received exceeds the value that you've given um, and you have the means to do so, I'd love to open up uh, an opportunity for you to send in a donation that will go towards me building my house in North Carolina. And cash is amazing. 
silver from Gainesville coins is amazing and really anything that you feel called to share. And if you're not in a position to share, obviously like I'm not, I'm not trying to put you in a situation at all. That's not the purpose here. It's only if, if there's abundance in your life, if you feel that the value that you've received from the things that we've put out exceeds the value that you've given, then uh, you can send in some something cool along with a handwritten letter to P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, Illinois, 60015. That's P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, one word, Illinois, 60015. And... Uh, if you do do so, like, yes, silver from Gainesville coins is amazing. Yes, cash is amazing. And I can use those things to help build a house in North Carolina. Oh, and a super dope biohacking gym that, uh, you know, yeah, there's a lot that we're going to do with that, with our events and with our coaching program and everything that you guys will see. But I got to build a biohacking gym and a home. And that's what your donations would be going towards. Um, but if you do do that, please include a handwritten letter. Share a little bit of your story, some of the ways that your life has changed or improved. If you have any questions, you can include one or two of those in the letter and I will answer them on the air. And I think it's an awesome way for us to stay connected, stay in touch, avoid some of the online censorship. And, uh, and you guys could help me build my house and biohacking, biohacker gym. It'd be amazing. It's a win-win for everybody. So yes, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening and being part of this journey. Much love to you. And now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. The data is important. Be checking in, having a little bit of a pattern interrupt to know where you're at so that you could make the, the behavioral modifications necessary. Tim Ferriss actually was the one that mm -hmm. brought my attention to it, one of his rules in a book he put out in like 2008 mm -hmm. called The Four-Hour Body. I know was, exactly who you're talking about in his yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like no juice, like no juice, no soda. It, it, you're allowed like water, black coffee or tea. And I was like, man, I didn't really think about how much juice. And I mean, soda, we all kind of know, but like, like organic orange juice. And I've found if I integrate organic orange juice and, and allow it, it's, it's right. addicting. I drink way more of it than I should. And I get fat pretty quick. Like within one or two weeks of me allowing that, I start noticing mm -hmm. a, a noticeable difference in in my body. And uh, one little tool that has has helped is Rob Wolf has these electrolyte packets that are like sodium, magnesium, mm -hmm. potassium. Just just a little bit of stevia to sweeten it up. No sugar, mm -hmm. no no BS. And uh, they're called Elements, just L M N T, and they're they're available at DrinkElements.com. I don't get paid anything like that. I don't have a discount code. I just really like them and, and the flavors are good. And I aim to get like at least three, but preferably five of those packets in per day. And each packet requires like 24 to 32 ounces of water. Yeah. So there's not a lot of space left for BS. If you're like, okay, I got to get my electrolytes. Right. I'm going to use clean water for that. And you find yourself pushing out mm -hmm. the, the organic orange juice and like some of the other things right. that may not be serving you. Um, Tim experimented a lot on himself and, and that's, yeah. you know, has value. Same thing. We all think we drink a lot of water, but then we realize we don't. And mm -hmm. I got one of these smart water bottles that tell you when to drink water based on... <laughs> Based on your your height and your weight and yeah. some other things. And I learned I was not drinking a lot of water at all because I kept getting these alerts to my <laughs> phone, like it's time to drink water. I'd be like, what? And the first couple of days, I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <Instantly. laughs> but I realized, hey, I need to be drinking water more often. And, and I also realized I'm not as hungry. Mm -hmm. as much as I drink more water. Absolutely. And and that's the thing that I try to encourage people. Try different things. Try it for, you know, several days. You can't do something once or twice and then be no. like, oh, it, did, it didn't work. You, you have to, you know, give it a good effort, which is usually several days, even just to reset. I think is I love that part that you talked about, like a pattern breaker, right? Mm -hmm. You have a pattern check-in. You need to yeah. kind of see where you're at. 
So I'm a big proponent of, of weighing oneself, but not every day or every mm-hmm. other day. What I tell people once a week is good enough. Yeah. And look I like for that. trends mm-hmm. and, and kind of correlate it to what you're doing. Absolutely. And don't be so emotionally uh, tethered to what the scale tells you. Yeah. If it's, you know, if you lose a pound or gain a pound, mm-hmm. you know, take it as a data point right. that allows you to then modify your behavior. But, you know, it's not like we can very easily get into this Ooh, yeah. every day and right. especially based on what we grew up with. How are you liking that smart water bottle? It's been helpful. I'm not using it right now, but it did <laughs> sensitize me too. The other thing I'll say about the scale, I don't know if other people do this. When you get a number the first time and it's too high, how many people do it again? But if you get a lower number, it's like, oh, that's right. Like mm-hmm. I'm done. For sure. Uh, but but I did like the water bottle because my whole point that I want to encourage more people about, everyone wants to know what do you do for you, right? Mm-hmm. Personalized medicine, personalized feedback. So when you add your height, your weight, your activity level, it's going to give you some estimate. It's not medically grade, but mm-hmm. it'll show you, hey, you're not drinking enough water. Mm-hmm. Or, or you're drinking way more water than you need. I mean, the simple tests are people that walk around with water bottles. I don't see that as much anymore. But then you have a good sense of how much water you're drinking. And, you know, whether it's eight cups or, or whatever, most people aren't drinking enough water. And that's another great way to say, I'm going to replace every beverage I have with just water. And mm-hmm. you will see the weight come off. You yeah. really will. And, and if you're in a position where maybe your energy levels aren't where you want them and, and you do find yourself going for a coffee or, or, or stimulants, that's okay. But like, do it black, do a black espresso, mm-hmm. do a nice organic coffee that's not sprayed with a ton of a ton of junk or just do straight tea. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be like a, a giant caramel frappuccino, frappuccino. anymore. I used yeah. to, but now I don't. And I also experimented, I don't know if you have with these continuous glucose monitor, I don't have diabetes, but it's a patch. It's really amazing. And you can see your blood sugar throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is it gives you your feedback, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll appreciate that the first like two days I was trying to eat extra healthy and I thought, this is amazing. like, who am I trying to impress? <laughs> and then a good friend of mine said, eat how you normally do. That's, like, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. And then I would see, and I'd be like, oh, I have to eat fast food today because I have to see what happens to my blood sugar. And honestly, it would. It would spike like an hour later or a spike after you know, ice cream. And I thought, this is the feedback I need. Like Even though I knew that, mm-hmm. but to see that drives behavior change. It does. It really in does. In a good way. And I see the difference when... I eat oatmeal versus I eat cereal. And I know breakfast cereal because I always feel like I'm hungry an hour later because, you know, they're very processed. So your sugar goes up and mm-hmm. then it goes down and then you're hungry again. Whereas if you eat oatmeal pretty, you know, regularly, your blood sugars are fairly consistent mm-hmm. in the morning or, you know, or these devices, um, you know, like the lumen that you can breathe into. And it's amazing got, technology. I, they, they just sent yeah. me one over there. I, I've got mm-hmm. the box opened, but I have not dove into it yet. Yeah. You like the lumen? I, I like it. What I have found is, and I kind of know this, I'm eating snacks at night that I didn't used to do, but now I do. That makes two so, of us, my friend. Yeah. I know in the morning <laughs> it tells me I'm metabolizing carbs. Let's be honest. We should be metabolizing fat in the morning. <laughs> we should have been on a fast. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... I need to change the behavior. I I do it before, you know, I'm not exercising as much as I should, but it also tells me like, what am I metabolizing? I think that's very helpful feedback information for people, especially for those that want to make changes and need some encouragement and not sure what to do. Like you and I are interested in these things and are mm-hmm. more informed than many. But mm-hmm. when you see on a scale of one to five, that you're a four for carbs and you're doing it every day. And then you're like, why aren't I losing weight? (laughs) You realize stop eating after eight. So now what I'm doing is, okay, I won't eat after eight. Then I'm like, okay, now seven 30. And then Mm -hmm. I'm going to try it that way. And sure it doesn't work every day, but some days, but what I like about these devices and tools, it's one more piece of information. It's just for you. And it's right there. Mm-hmm. And you can go back and see, and it saves your data. That's what I like about it. So you can look over time. What kind see. are you using of, of a con- continuous glucose monitor? Do you know? So I used one by NutriSense. Okay. 
Uh, I don't have diabetes or, or pre-diabetes. And what I loved about it is it was also connected with a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. So she would say, oh, hey, I saw this day your blood sugars in the morning were high. I, mm-hmm. I know why they're high. Just, you know, or she'll say the best foods for you are such and such. So interestingly, maybe because I'm Italian, my pasta, yeah, me too. My, 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 blood sugar after, <laughs> my blood sugar after pasta wasn't so bad. Right, which is primarily carbs, mm-hmm. um, but I also eat it in moderation. Whereas pizza, you know, and cheeseburgers and everything else, I knew they'd be high, but I was surprised by how high they were. And I really wanted to get to a more, you know, pretty steady glucose level throughout the day. So I did it for four weeks just because I thought I, I wanted to get that feedback. And I also wanted to get in the groove where I'm really eating what I normally do. Because I think early on when we know we're being measured, we change our behavior. Yeah, you just described a it. Little. You almost felt like you had a yeah. little trainer on your shoulder right, right. that you wanted you know, to impress with. This, this and, is how I always eat. Yeah. And sometimes I ask, I always ask patients, what did you have for dinner last night? What do you have for breakfast? And you know, I say, I'm not judging you. And it's always like, oh, Dr. White, I was really busy this morning. So I had mm-hmm. you know, leftover burrito or something. But I challenge patients often just for a week, write down everything you eat. And with these devices, you're supposed to put it. Great, great advice. Because what happens is you think you'd really don't eat a lot. Mm -hmm. The reality is when you add everything up, especially the snacks. We forget. We quickly forget too. I've been eating these butter square cookies, chocolate (laughs) on the side, and they're really delicious. I did say to my wife, we have to stop buying these. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my my uh, mom for for Christmas gave us all these like Costco sized bags of organic gummies, which are yeah. still like straight yeah. glucose. You know what but I mean? Organic, like, see, yeah, that's but it's, we're it's organic. So it's good. It's I'm good. Like, Please I know. never buy me that again. Like I'll buy. But that's I'll buy a that great one. point. I love yeah. that point. It's still sugar. Yeah, yeah. The um, what was interesting that we found too, it's kind of tying into this, what, what you discovered with the continuous glucose monitor. I take it, so you wore it for a month and you're not wearing it anymore, right? Yeah, I did. You know, after a couple of days, you don't even realize. You, you feel yeah. nothing. You just, for me, I didn't use the one that has a Bluetooth. I'd scan it and then I'd look at my numbers. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I would I would do something like that. We, um, we're big on sleep tracking because obviously that has a downstream effect on mm-hmm. so many metabolic and cognitive processes. And what was super interesting to me was um, the the number one thing that we found impacted sleep was not what you'd expect. It was actually eating too close to bed, deep sleep and REM sleep would tank. And when people made it a priority to say, all right, at least three hours before bed, but preferably four, I'm cut off on all calories. Both of those numbers would go up. And then when you're sleeping better, your blood sugar regulation is better. You know, everything, your, 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 your body weight and so on and so forth. And um, you can get a lot of these data points with, you know, using something like an aura ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally I used wear that. Yeah. And, I and used it's that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Right. And then you, you get the data. I'm curious, when you were using your continuous glucose monitor, did you notice any connection between elevated blood blood sugar from the foods you were eating and the energy levels that you experienced or your cognitive performance or anything like that? Absolutely for energy levels. So I'd see it particularly in the morning when I ate some processed or high carb food in the morning and then it drops in the, Mm -hmm. in the day and, and often or, or late afternoon, I think, Oh, I need a coffee. Why is that? It's really because my blood sugar levels Mm-hmm. And drop. But I also saw after exercise or treadmill, much better glucose control. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'd mm-hmm. see the blood sugars clearly in the normal range for several hours after that. So that really was a good source of encouragement. So yeah. that, that's important too. What, what I love about having the nutrition counselor is everyone's not going to be able to interpret the numbers well. So that helps in terms of giving advice. I'll tell you, I also posted on uh, social a couple of times, like, oh, I'm using this continuous glucose monitor. It was like crowdsourcing because people then be like, hey, dude, your blood sugar. They're like, maybe it was that latte. And I did have one, despite what I said earlier. I was like, and you know what? Every now and then, that's okay. 
Yeah. But and and you and that's the whole point. Everyone should have cheat days. Mm-hmm. But you can't have a cheat day every day. So it's it's this idea that everyone wants personalized advice, personalized nutrition, personalized fitness. We have the capability to do it nowadays and see mm-hmm. how we respond to everything yeah. we put in our mouth. And for most people, they're not going to have what's called glycemic variability, that much difference if you're not pre-diabetes or you have diabetes. But what if you are? Isn't that what you want to eliminate mm-hmm. and reduce? So when you talk about, you know, how do we hack our metabolism? How do we hack our health? We have to have data. We mm-hmm. have to have information. And these tools are going to continue to iterate. And we want to know what works for us. Yeah, it's so much easier now, too. I mean, when I went really deep down the rabbit hole of, of blood sugar and insulin sensitivity, I was pricking my finger like hundreds of times in a fasted state, one hour postprandial after a meal, two hours after a meal. And it it kind of stinks. Like it, it's yeah. not fun to prick your finger. And now with these glucose monitors, you can get all that information. You can you can gather it. You can make the necessary behavioral changes. I love it. Let, and it's really that two-hour postprandial yeah. that we care about. We don't like to call it that. And it sounds mm-hmm. confusing, but yeah. but the devices themselves can help interpret that. So that's great. I agree. Let, let's talk a little bit about some of your favorite tools for bringing things back into balance. We kind of covered ac- exercise is a big one. I think I would I would even put sauna in that category. People that uh, that are in a tremendous amount of body pain, um, exercise in a pool. There's ways to do this if you're committed to the process. Um, I think there's a lot of nutrition templates that are helpful from paleo to uh, especially autoimmune paleo, carnivore, um, some variations of vegan, the ketogenic diet, of course. Um, and did you say sauna? I was kind of, I kind of, yeah, I, I think yeah. sauna is very helpful yeah. in, in with exercise. You know, it's like, you know, people have been talking to me about sauna lately. Oh, that's great. Um, so I, I did one know, before this, after my workout. Yeah, that too. I don't know if you um, have ever uh, followed uh, Don Saladino, who does yeah, yeah. a lot of health and wellness. So he mentioned yeah. saunas to me the other day. Uh, Tim Tebow mentioned saunas to me the other day. He's like, oh, I, I, you know, I bring my iPad in and do a devotion. I'm like, are you supposed to bring an iPad in? into the sauna, but more and more people are, are, are thinking about that. It's funny because when he was saying sauna, I was thinking steam room. And maybe that's why I was like, how do you read? <laughs> how yeah. do you read? But, but that's the whole point that we have mm-hmm. to think this broader concept mm-hmm. of health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And, and sauna, for some reason, everyone seems to be talking to me about saunas. I might have to get into that. They're, 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 they can be pretty helpful every, not, not every week, but a lot of weeks on Saturday, I'll go to this place called the Chicago Sweat Lodge that has like, mm-hmm. it's got a, a, a wet Turkish bath. It's got a dry Russian sauna. And then in between the two, it's got a 37 degree cold plunge yeah. pool and like a couple mm-hmm. of these like big barrel showers that are filled with cold water and you pull a string yeah. and it dumps cold water on you. And you can kind of go back and forth, but I love it not just for that, but it's, it's a good place to socialize talk with people who are like-minded, doing something that's healthy for themselves. Um, really, I'm definitely really wearing that. sandals there. Oh, yeah. You ain't going barefoot. No, no, I'm not touching anything. I think metformin can be a big one for a lot of people, especially some of the research that we're seeing with uh, with with metformin. And for people that don't want to take a pharmaceutical, there's there's a lot of uh, positive, positive studies on berberine, you know, depending on where your blood sugar is at. If it's super progressed, I would imagine that... that you would say you got to get on metformin. What else? Fasting? What else has has a a place in this discussion? You know, there's been some good data about intermittent fasting and there's Mm -hmm. different ways to do that. And and I've tried it over time. You know, sometimes I think it's partly just because you're reducing the number of calories. Mm -hmm. That's playing a big role in terms of that calorie reduction. You're often not eating at night anymore. That's something Mm -hmm. that you and I have talked about that everyone is doing. So I, I think there's a role, um, for intermittent fasting, you know, the other big component is, as we touched upon it, the role of stress, right? And, and you yeah. think, oh, how's managing stress going to manage my diabetes? Mm-hmm. But it, there really is a connection in, in terms of addressing that. Even the depression that's sometimes associated with a new condition, as yeah. well as the hormones. I mean, many of these are hormonally mediated mm-hmm. and, and the impact of that. So, so that's the other important element. 
you know, the pandemic has been tough on everyone about relationships and, and mm-hmm. connection and experiencing loneliness. And how does that impact how well your cells operate? So it's not just about eating healthy, as we talked about, and, and being active. It's these other elements as well. I agree. And yeah, I mean, I'm getting together tonight with with a bunch of people. We're going to have a little bit of like a biodynamic wine and just conversate, you yeah. know what I mean? And be able to enjoy one another because there's there's a, a, a growing body of research that that may be the most important thing driving longevity is the strength of our social bonds. And and it, it doesn't need to be a lot. In, in many examples, you see people that these people living in blue zones and whatnot that we've studied, yeah. where, where they're living to over 100, they have community or at least they have one really close friend. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and They've shown a, that. Yeah. People yeah. that have been friends since grade school. Yeah. They also exactly. check in on with each other. How many of us really know our neighbors? Mm-hmm. Maybe even, can you tell me the full name? No. <laughs> of three of your neighbors? We, we no. don't have that sense of community um, as much in the United States as, as some other areas do. But, but that's certainly you know, plays a role, not just even just to check in on, on people, but it mm-hmm. impacts our brain and our yeah. overall assessment. I love the blue zones in, in terms of uh, longevity and they're healthy. It's not mm-hmm. like their longevity in a nursing home. They're still very functional and their minds are nimble and they're enjoying life. We just mm-hmm. don't want a long life, right? We want quality of life as mm-hmm. well. That's mm-hmm. really the key. And I think that it is important for people to recognize whether, you know, wherever you're at in this continuum of, of body weight and blood sugar regulation, that it's, it's more work to get progress and, and restore homeostatic capacity, bring the body back into balance. Maintenance is far easier. So it's the suggestions that you're getting from your doctor or, or, you know, maybe this podcast they don't need to be permanent. They're to kind of get you back into balance. And then you can find what allows you to maintain those results. And it's not, it, it, it makes it a lot less overwhelming, if, if, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, you know, there's going to be some starts and stops. We have to acknowledge that. The first mm-hmm. time you try it doesn't mean it'll work. What mm-hmm. I often tell people is, I'm not interested in where you're going to be this summer in terms of your weight loss and healthy living, I'm more interested in where you're going to be next year this time, mm-hmm. five years from mm-hmm. now this time. Because as we yeah. get older, most people are going to gain weight, have developed unhealthy behaviors. So all too often we focus on that short-term win. And when mm-hmm. it comes to our health, it's really that long-term goal that we need mm-hmm. to stay more focused on. Yeah, and we'll we'll kind of land this plane here in a minute, but I wanted to touch on one last thing that you mentioned earlier, which was you said it's it, it's a policy issue, not just a medical issue. And something that came to mind for me was if if I was a doctor, which I'm not, nor do I play one on the internet, and I was only out medical issues like diabetes. A lot of it is related to payment policies, how health care institutions are paid, how doctors are paid. So to talk to a patient, you often don't get paid as much as if you do a procedure or you have some other type of intervention. I'm going to be getting paid a lot more to treat DKA, a complication of diabetes, diabetic ketoacidosis, than I am to talk to you for 15 minutes about diet and exercise. The mm-hmm. measures of diabetes control, many people are, are paid for the number of patients at a certain A1C. Well, does that make as much sense? Because in the short term, if I give you medications, I'm going to get your A1C under better control than if I try to talk to you about lifestyle changes. So there's mm-hmm. a policy aspect there. You know, the policies relating in terms of, you know, what drugs I can give you or what technologies I can give you. So so that's what I mean. There's payment policies and other broader policies, whether we allow pharmacists to do diabetes education, mm-hmm. whether we pay for nutritional counseling mm-hmm. for, you know, consumers in terms of trying to get healthy. That's where there's policy decisions that are critical in terms of how we more effectively manage 
type 2 diabetes and prediabetes. Is there anything else that stands out that you feel called to share with our audience at this point in time before we kind of give them how they can stay in touch yeah. with you and your work? And I did say I would mention about white rice. The issue oh, yeah. of white rice... The issue of white rice. Way to close the loop. It's it's a lot of carbs. It's a lot of carbs. So everyone thinks like sushi is healthy. Sushi might be healthy if you had it more sashimi style without Mm -hmm. the rice. But a California roll, some of them has as much sugar as a sugar cube. So I'm just being honest and putting it out there. And that's where I would say, even when people are motivated, they have to get good sources of information. So there mm-hmm. was an article circulating a few weeks ago that, um, you know, gummy bears, you know, particularly with THC, I don't know if you saw that, could reverse diabetes. Okay. Mm. Fundamentally, you know that's not true. Seems but, a little suspect. But people are going to read that and think, oh, that's a quick fix. There's mm-hmm. no magic pill. And it's these other fads that people will hear about and try because they're, they want to make changes. But I would caution people it's important to go to credible sources. It's to talk to your health professional. And that includes pharmacists, nurse practitioners, doctors. It's not just, you know, the internists. Sometimes they're not always uh, willing to take the time to have the conversations and, and surround yourself by people that are supportive of your goals. Sage advice. Dr. John White, thank you so much for coming on the Biohacking Secrets Drive. I've enjoyed our conversation very, very much. Uh, what's the best way for our listeners to stay up to date with things that you are working on? Folks certainly can find me at WebMD, which is WebMD.com. You can follow me on social at Dr. John White. Um, have a book out about take control of your diabetes risk, which is available at Amazon and anywhere books are sold. And I answer all my own emails. <laughs> so nice, I, don't have, I don't have someone that does it for me. So I'd be, be happy to, to engage in further conversation. Well, very, very much appreciate your time and wisdom today. I've, I've enjoyed our conversation quite a bit, as I mentioned. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. None of us are born with the warrior spirit. It is taught and trained. On the wrestling mats of Iowa, the mountains of Dagestan, and in homes across the world. Courage is learned from mentors and elders. Bravery is inoculated by a regimen of strategic training and discipline. This discipline culminates when the warrior has garnered the skill set to do what most men can't or won't. When he willingly runs into the fires of initiation because that is where his people need him. We feel disconnected when we chase the false idols of money, material possessions, and comfort. But true purpose and freedom are earned by training those parts of ourselves from which most men run. Some heavy shit is coming down, brothers. And those who rise to accept this call will go through it and win. The body, mind, and spirit are your instruments of victory. One cannot be properly trained while ignoring the other two. Our elite one-on-one coaching program is this training and your call to rise. Whether you're trying to build muscle, burn fat as fast as possible, upgrade your brain, reclaim your health, or unleash the warrior within, I will build you a personalized game plan to take your body, mind, and spirit to their true potential. At biohackercoaching.com, you will tap into the most cutting-edge health, anti-aging, and transformation protocols personalized exclusively for you to radically enhance your physical and mental performance. You'll have me in your corner as your coach and guide. With detailed instructions and advanced custom techniques to optimize your life, weaponize your body, and bulletproof your mind so that you achieve your goals as fast and safe as humanly possible. You'll discover science-derived lifestyle hacks I've only shared with our roster of Olympic gold medalists, world-class athletes, U.S. Special Forces, high-level businessmen, and super achievers from all walks of life, people ruthlessly committed to unlocking their ultimate capabilities. This program is for beginners, intermediate, and advanced fitness levels and provides everything you need to optimize your body, mind, and spirit's full capacity. We run labs and, bro- and blood work first because we believe in testing, not guessing. 
Then we use those data points to build you a unique, personalized program to correct underlying challenges and transform you into the man or woman you're here to become. Whether you're wanting to get shredded, add pounds of lean muscle, sharpen your mental focus and brain power, or heal, everything you need is included, and you'll have me in your corner holding you accountable and guiding you through every step of the way. Because this isn't something I outsource to other coaches who may not have the skill set or experience you need, I can only work with five men each month. To grab a time for us to speak and determine if our Apex coaching program is a fit, go to Biohacker Coaching, B I O H A C K E R C O A C H I N G dot com and book a time for you and I to discuss your goals. Because we receive 50 to 100 applications each month for these five spots, if you'd like to request your application gets moved to the top of the list, send me a text message to my personal phone at 847-989-3743 and let me know why you're ready to change your life. This is elite, personalized training at the highest level with zero guesswork. Only a small handful of people get this level of access to me and these teachings. If you've resonated with this, go to biohackercoaching.com now and fill out the short application form to grab a time for us to connect. Strength and honor. 